We're here in Mississippi on stage two of the Bushnell Grand Slam pursuit. Here with Philip Culpepper, which Spring Thunder and uh, the Hunting Club, and also Jesse Heiling, which is the VP of Sales and Marketing at Rite. Guys, we had a great couple days here in Mississippi. Um, we, we were successful, and we'll get into that here momentarily, but kind of recap the last few days for us, uh, Philip. And, and we, we'll say we had a, a good day. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> was it, it was a brutal couple, couple uh, two and a half days, and then today it all turned around. But it was, you know, the obviously this early season type stuff is very – Weather is key, it seems like, especially with turkeys, because it's just, you never know, you know, because the lead up to it, you always got that chance of a cold front, you know, rain, which we got everything, you know, tornadoes the day before y'all got here. So, you know, when it turned off cold, it kind of just shut everything down. But today the sun finally came out and, you know, things turned around, which it actually, you know, we weren't supposed to have a good weather, I think, as we did today, but we did. So it all turned around, but again, you know, just staying after it, you know, and not quitting on them. So, I mean, you know they're here. you got to pretend like there's one behind every tree, and that's what we did. So last week we were with Michael Waddell and, and Brad Shore with Realtree, and they both said, oh, you're going to Mississippi for step two of your, your Grand Slam? And they're like, wow, you're a glutton for punishment. Why is Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Tom's, Turkey's, why are they so hard? Why Why is this such a huge challenge for guys to come down here and hunt and, and bag a turkey, even when the weather's great. Yeah, I mean, it is, because it, it, it seems like there's only, here in the, the deep south, I call it, you know, kind of excluding Florida. You know, I guess North Florida kind of falls into that with the Easterns, but for whatever reason, you know, that backwards L of Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, the Easterns there seem to be the toughest that I've ever hunted. And, you know, there's a lot of turkey hunters down south. You know, I think that has something to do with it, but they get a lot of pressure. But, you know, even on land that's, that's not hunted a ton by other people, it's just, they're just, a, it's almost like they're a whole different subspecies in themselves because it can't compare to an eastern from Iowa or an eastern from, you know, Kansas, wherever, because it's just, they're, they're tough to hunt, you know. And it's, it's, it seems like you only have that three or four day window, maybe only a one or two day window where you can really put damage on them and, and, and get it done. But I mean, you gotta, you gotta hang on to every gobble you get and, 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 you know, pay attention to every track, every strut mark, because, you know, again, it's in, again, and, and it kind of played out with us even more so than that. I think every time they, they beat you up and they whoop you, you gotta pay attention to that to use it against them the next time you get on them, you know? And I think Jesse will say, you know, that paid off, you know, today for us this afternoon, but it's, it's, a. Uh, it's weird. It's almost like it's the elk of the South, people call it, because, man, they're, they're tough. You know, they're, they're tough to come by, but, you know, it's a big celebration when it happens. Yeah, and that's a great point. In Kansas, where I've done some hunting over the last four or five years, the turkeys seem to want to get out into the fields and go eat the wheat and the milo and the corn and stuff. But here, they're, they're completely satisfied of being in the bottoms and in that thick stuff, and, and that, that was surprising to me. You know, I, I was shocked too, because normally you get this, you know, there's a lot of big ag fields here, yeah. and you get that much, you, you expect to see them. Even me and Drake were talking, I don't know how many times we'd drive by, like, man, I can't believe we ain't seen a turkey in the field yet, because yeah. it's, it's a, 
you would think that they would be out in those fields, but you know, for whatever reason, you know, the one turkey that we found all week, you know, the last four days in the field was in a cow pasture. So, you know, they, they weren't even in the ag fields, you know, whether it's, it's a, you know, and, and they do have a little bit of a hog problem down here. So, I mean, I think hogs probably got something to do with it, the fact that there's probably not much for them to be milling around on out there to where, you know, obviously, if you got cows, most of the time you got turkeys just because, you know, they're, they're flipping those cow patties and, you know, and going through stuff like that. So, you know, and it paid off today, but it is, that did surprise me that you would think, especially with the bad weather, because, you know, normally rule of thumb is if it's raining or, you know, pretty cruddy weather, turkeys are going to get in those fields. And, man, until today, we didn't see a turkey in a field, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, no, it, that, that, was, that was shocking. Going from Florida and seeing turkeys out in the field and in the roads and just everywhere here there it's like you had to really go look for them and really had to hear them uh, and understand where they were coming from so he were he was talking about your hunt earlier Absolutely. let just walk us quickly through your hunt and and you know you and i both talked about hunting with philip culpepper and we we're really looking forward to kind of doing some of the running and gunning and and you know talk about some of your expectations coming in and and how it met it and how it was actually tougher than what you expected. So. Absolutely. So, um, you know, knowing and watching Philip develop through the years, you know, when I was younger, not that there's a huge age gap, but, uh, you know, I, I watched, <laughs> yeah, I've watched, I've watched Philip hunt for a long time and, and everybody kind of jokingly said, oh man, you're hunting with Philip, you better put your running shoes on. Right. Um, well, we probably should put knee pads on because we did more crawling in the past couple of days than we did running anywhere. Um, this afternoon, we, you know, we had a couple of birds that were out in a, in the only time we've seen them in a field, and uh, we we had kind of got set up on them maybe a hundred yards away. Downside was the bird only gobbled twice the entire time yep. that we were on them for the three and a half, well about three and a half hours. I yeah. Guess. Um, and we were at we were at a point to where myself and, and we were kind of sitting there, and Drake would hear him drum, Philip would hear him drum, and that was what we were playing off of. We were literally playing off of drums, and and to the point to where we could get close enough, and then we could hear the spitting drum. But he never made a sound past that. Yeah, when when we sat down and I heard those two gobbles, I'm like, oh, game set match, we're done. You know, thirty. I even kind of looked at James and I'm like, ah, oh, we're gonna be done here in a little bit, and and that's what I expected. But then he shut up, and and I'm like, what the hell's happening? Yeah, we don't so, know how close he actually got. I think he was he had gotten he, closer. Yeah, he closed the distance, and I, and again, I mean, kind of a, a learning curve there too is is you know, people, like, man, they're not saying nothing, they're not they're not responding, but I mean. You know, and me and Drake talked about it on the ride back over here. You know, even especially when we were closing the gap, but every time just a soft yelp, scratching the leaves, that turkey was spitting drum. And that's him. I mean, he's, to him, you know, that close to quarters, because that turkey was within 80 yards, just the terrain as thick as it was. That's him, that's him, that's, that might as well be a gobble to him and to a him, because he's calling to her. He's saying, you know, here I am type deal to where, you know, and, and again, that was the, the seal of the deal. You know, we were able to move on and, and doing that, but I think that's a key note for folks to pay attention to is listen for those sounds whenever you think a turkey's in tight because they're not always gonna come in there and just blowing your hat off, gobbling, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's any little, you know, and I've learned the hard way on stuff like that or any little edge you can get to, to pay attention to what they're doing, knowing they're still there, they're where they're at, and even pay attention to if he's, strutting from one end of the ridge to the other. If it's a 50 yard circle, he's strutting back and forth on that line, pay attention to what he is and where he's at to make that adjustment, which is what we ended up doing and getting to the, once he went down one end of that ridge, we, we came and got, and we were there when he came back, so. Yeah, Jesse was telling us in the truck when we uh, went into to the city, 
and and I, I thought it was really fascinating how you guys were using your your sounds and the turkey sounds for movement and and talk through that and and how you know because a lot of times you're probably on your belly and, and yeah. crawling for what four or five hundred yards yeah or we, so? we, we we put a we put a pretty good uh, length on them and some pretty you know it was it was thick i mean it was you know it was we, it was some it was thick th stuff yeah, i mean no man we, we made a lot we'll say that we made a lot and there was three of us yeah you know and i'm six two and I was by far the smallest individual <laughs> in pursuit of this, I can tell you. Because, so you have to make yourself yeah, small. I, I was yeah. I was by far, so there was a lot of noise, a lot yeah. of rustling. But, right. but covering get, the tracks, though, is impressive. And that's something I can say right here, you know, to learn from that, right? You know, being from Maryland, we have to cover some big open ground. So it's a little bit different right. than having to move through, you know, thick terrain. The moving 15 feet at a time, and you, you know, you clucking and purring, and and just trying to cover your your sound up, and then as we made that move, it was 10 feet at a time. Right. You would get up in front of me as soon as you started scratching, you cover my sound. Right. And then you cover your own sound going back through it, and you'd be cutting, and you know, and then as soon as you stop and start scratching, I'd be able to move up. So that's something that a lot of people don't ever get to see firsthand, and that's what it, you know, it's 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 incredible to be able to, to be behind that, right? Right. And to be able to follow that out and learn those tactics that. You know, a lot of people may never. Well, and know. again, it's a situational thing too because we luckily had the, the lay of the land. There was a rolling hill, and we got down below to where it's not like he's on an open ridge and just hearing everything because it is kind of a muffled, right. you know. And again, that big ridge right there is what allowed us to get up there. But I mean, it's, it's like me, me and Drake again. We were talking on the way home, and he's like, "Man, I just because we did, we made a lot of noise. I mean, there was a lot of." I mean, there were some elephants coming toward him, you know. So, but Six it was inches of rain right in the past <laughs> yeah. week, and there yeah, was and it dried single. out. I can promise you, <laughs> all the leaves were dried out. But yeah. I, you know, I told Drake, I was like, man, if you think of a flock of turkeys though, when they're scratching around there, I mean, turkeys make a lot of noise. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's like that just that soft yelping, like a hen feeding, like there's a flock, another flock coming, and I can promise you, they thought there was a flock because it was it. We were in full force. Yeah, when when you guys shot. We could hear it. Just sounded like World War Three was taking off because it just busted out of there and just all the. I was like, "What the heck?" So I was waiting for the second shot because I thought maybe you had a chance to get a shot too. But it was just like crack, crack of all the different branches yeah. and stuff and all the 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 birds going through. But speaking of um, shooting, you know, talk about you know you said you were on one leg and yeah. and and you. You know, knowing the gun like you do, and and seeing the how it patterns with the shell and the red dot, talk about how that confidence, you know, and and how that helped you in that situation because Absolutely. you weren't in a great shooting position, you probably no. weren't stabilized, yeah. but there was a lot of confidence in your weapon or your gun that you knew what was going to happen. Definitely. So I mean, you know, one of the things, and I I take a lot of time on the range to be able to work. And I'm a pattern junkie. I love to be able to pattern guns. I love to be able to mix and match choke tubes and shells and everything else. Um, knowing the limitations is, is, is key. Knowing, I think, the personal limitations is even bigger. I, I never want to stretch myself out too far. And we talked about it. Like, we've, I've patterned the guns at 80 yards and seen what it does. And it kind of gives you a little thing in the back of your mind. But I don't want to ever be that guy. I don't, want to, I don't, I don't need to do that, right? Because I think, you know, especially this week when we, we took some longer shots, you know, you were, you were at, you know, 40 plus again. And y'all you know, are shooting the 20 gauge. And we are shooting the 20 gauge, yeah. But, you know, smaller bore diameter is one thing on the 20 gauge that the 12 gauge, you know, we, we, we talked about a little bit. The difference between 12 and 20. Velocity is the same. Shot size is the same. So really the only thing that you're losing is actually the pellet count itself. So 
what you gain with a 20 gauge is actually the bore diameter. So you're actually choking it down a little bit more to create a little bit more of a pattern at distance that you're going to be able to carry than you will with a 12 gauge in some instances when you're, you know, at 40 and plus. Um, with our guns being already drilled from the factory with a forcing cone in them, it actually allows it to condition that pattern before it ever gets to a choke tube to really align things and, and allow the choke tube to kind of give it its, you know, ample pattern downrange because it's not, you know, we, we always use the adage of uh, if you throw a bunch of golf balls down an open hallway, they just bounce all over the place. If you take and neck them down by two boards, they're going to form file up and they're going to go out that hallway, you know, pretty smoothly. Um, the same thing goes with a forcing cone and it's, it's, it helps in, in shot pattern, but it also helps in, in, in your carry distance and things like that. Uh, that's a great analogy. I've never thought about it that way. That's, that's really cool. I, you know, I, this is the first time I've hunted with a 20 gauge. And so, you know, stage two of, of the Grand Slam series for that we're putting together with Bushnell, you know, shot the first one at 47 yards, didn't flop. I mean, he just bop. This guy at just over 40 <laughs> yards. He he did a somersault after I hit him. And and just seeing like that. Like a defense load hit him. And then seeing the impact of, of those that shot into his chest and neck and head. I mean, it's just, it's just completely, Absolutely. I've got more confidence now in this 20 gauge than I think I've ever had in any of my shotguns that I've ever shot. And I've hunted quail and pheasant and duck and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's, it's awesome to see this combination that we have with Federal's TSS, the Bushnell Red Dot and Retace. So, you know, now we're talking a little bit about our hunt that happened a little bit earlier in the day, and, and it was very fortuitous that, um, uh, you know, we, we were told that Perry's son was driving by and said, hey, there's, there's a turkey near the camp. And so we hurried up, got over here. Kind of walk us through your thoughts and, and kind of knowing this area like you do and, and what you kind of expected, and, and then just walk us well, through that whole Well, yeah, I mean, so, so you know, we were obviously getting skunked pretty bad. We were looking for an icebreaker, and, um, you know, and, and Drew had seen a turkey, you know, and so we were like, man, we, we, the turkey we were on wasn't doing anything, so what we thought we were on, you know, so, so we said, well, maybe we might as well try it. But, again, this is the first time I've ever turkey hunted over here, so I came and deer hunted a few times. So, but, again, it was just those situational kind of a playbook you go to of, of what are we going to do and you know obviously turkeys out there with hens you're going you know odds of you calling away from those hens are slim to none you know and we're he was 200 yards from us and so you know he, he wasn't strutting or doing anything so you know yelped at him cut at him a little bit got him excited he started gobbling strutting so again he's not we give him what 10-15 minutes he's hitting coming so we show him the decoy which was mistake number one you know, of the hunt. So again, you know, down here in the South, you never know. It's like a, again, had we been in Florida, he probably would have run us over, but it's like, it's just something about that sixth sense. You never know with these turkeys down here. And man, he folded his wings and it was like getting out of there. I was like, yeah, I was like, man, I just screwed it up. That was what should have just waited or used the lay of the land. Well, then he calmed down and we moved in there on him. And, um, and, and right as, as you showed the, the, the decoy i was sitting next to drake and drake goes oh that wuss i mean yeah he didn't say that exact words but <laughs> it, it was it kind of made me chuckle but i'm like man that's really sucks oh yeah and then, and then you looked at drake and i was like shed your stuff we're we're going oh, we after gotta you go. and i'm it's, like whoa well and it's and it's you know 
kind of ironic these you know both y'all's hunts is it was one of those it was to the point of saying all right we're at the point of no return right so all right it, traditional things ain't working so it, it's then again we pushed the limit the envelope way more than than i normally would have had jesse not had a 230 flight you know you had to leave at 230 this morning in, yeah. in a few hours to go fly out so i was like it's now or never i right. was like you know i was prepared to completely bust those turkeys which in a you know traditional setting i'd like no let's just wait we'll come back in the morning but it was like if he's going to kill a mississippi turkey it's it's, we, it's go time we got to go do or die here we and go again that yeah. was the same deal you know yeah. the turkey you killed to where we had already he shot away from the decoy and i was like well look you know we finally found one we were seeing a turkey out here that we know we can kill so let's use the lay of the land there was enough roll so we got to just go and see what we can you know see if we can make it happen and and so we we took off our vests we got our you know our top layer off i took my strap off my gun i mean we I, we we were being as mobile as we could and one of the things you know i was thinking through as we were doing this you know we we belly crawled for the first 50 yards to get out from their side and under the fence and then down on the the tree line and my first intuition was go into the, the to the middle of the riverbed where there was gravel and and it have made a lot less noise and I I asked you about that so walk through that because I think that's one thing that a lot of us hunters would be like no go into the middle and and go but I, I get to your lowest point yeah yeah, yeah no but, and 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 again that was knowing where they were you know exactly where we last saw them and that's why it's such a kind of a hustle and bustle to get to where you got to get from point A to point B because when you know where they're at, well, knowing that, the way there is a little bit of a rolling hill, I knew if we got down too low, it was going to be, they could cover less ground and see that middle point of that bottom versus if we were tucked up and underneath it, we could get, if they were drifting out of that field, I knew we could get up there to them. So, you know, I, you know like on the walk out, me and you talked, I said, I, I'm, I was willing to sacrifice some noise, making a little more noise to, to know we were covered, you know, you know visually. To where we could get up there you know and so and again you know turkeys when they're feeding and stuff make a lot of noise to where i always just try to you know yelp a little bit and especially when he really started biting gobbling to where i was like look you know you don't want to make too much noise but you want them to hear you saying that there's hens up there scratching around you know there's more yeah. turkeys up there so i mean again it was it may not happen nine times out of ten but it happened today so i mean that's what matters <laughs> So, so talk through your techniques in, in the hunt with Jesse and my, my hunt on your techniques of, of calling and stuff. Because, you know, I've been around a lot of calls and, and hearing guys call, but I think you have a little bit of a uniqueness. And I know you, you and I talked earlier, it's a trial and error, and you've learned a lot over the years. But talk about some instances of when I'm going to use a purr or a cluck or you know, a uh, kiki run or whatever. I know there's a lot of different things, but you have kind of a distinct way you call and talk through that. And then and then when we used the, the decoy and went right at him, you you also then started calling a little differently there as well and had him coming at us. Well, so I normally, like, it's always everybody relates it to, like, checking the temperature of a turkey. Like, what's he doing to where it's like, you know, you don't want to get over aggressive and, and a lot, of, and I do. I call a lot, especially if I get a turkey talking back, to where, but it's kind of like a conversation. If you strike it off with somebody and you're talking to them and you hit it off and you're, you know, so whenever he really started biting, just kind of a hen, just kind of a searching, kind of an excited yelp searching. When he's answering that, you know, 
one of my main things I try to always do is just whether it's kind of, you know, not too much, you don't want to start cackling and everything, but just getting excited, you know, cutting and yelping to where don't just, like that turkey, for example, when he got fired up and you can kind of get him cranked up, when he's answering you, don't just stop. You know, I always respond back to him. So when he's answering me, I'm answering him back to where so you get a conversation going to where if you can get him cranked up, that's where I think you really, you know, because again, he was gobbling a little bit, but we really got him fired up right there when we got in there tight on him. And he actually pulled that hill and came up there to us and left his hand. So, you know, but then fast forward to, you know, he's looking up there looking for a hen. Well, then whenever we were crawling up there with a decoy, you know, you're just doing a, it's a fight and pearl when, those, when the turkeys come to a fight. You know, that and kind of a little whine they do when they're sizing something up, you know. And that's, you know, and actually I've learned that from Michael, you know, from Waddell, from doing the, you know, shaking the decoy, giving them some movement. Because, I mean, it's just kind of like a when you see turkeys fight and they throw jabs, mm -hmm. you know, they're pretty much throwing punches, you right. know. So that and that little bit of that whine, it just, it, it just, you know, it's, it's the, the most realism you can get, you know, helps. So, I mean, I, I've just seen it work to where, you know, and, and that, that more of that, that whiny type. Because if you'll go back and, and look at even older videos, turkey hunting videos, All Stars of Spring from 20 years ago, even the old foam Jake decoys, tur they, turkeys are doing that. You know, right. it's just a yeah. matter of dissecting what they're doing and trying to, you know, replicate it. And I. I don't, I don't know really how you, to replicate it except listen to it and just try to make that noise, you know, because yeah. I mean, by, you know, no means of what I try to do is, it sounds just like them, but I just, I know it's something that from a distance comes off is that, that it, it sounds similar. So whatever it does, just trips or trigger. So one of the things that, you know, I think was very, a common core element for Jesse and my hunt is the persistence and the patience and never giving up and 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 I think that's the piece that I will use going into you know my last two hunts to to pursue this grand slam is not to give up and and talk about that because I think that's one of the things that a lot of us as hunters we're we get in situations where we're like ah we busted him it's time to go on but we stuck with him because he did come over that hill. We thought he was done. You guys thought he was no longer out in that food plot, went down, and, and but you, you kept with that persistence. Yes, we, we hadn't seen a lot of turkeys. We hadn't been on them. So, yes, we were like, okay, we got a strike. But talk about some of that. And, and then also jump in as well because I, I think that's one thing that you also said is, you know, hunting in Maryland, you've got to be persistent and patient and and really understand what's going on. I mean, as bad as, you know, as bad as the first two days were with the weather and everything else, <laughs> we were constantly on birds. I mean, oh, the yeah. that we, yeah, you know, that, from that the first hour point. that we got here, now granted, we weren't, you know, set up working birds, but we were on birds constantly. And that's just a, you know, that's an accreditation of what you do because you're not going to give up. You're mad at them. And I, and right. I say that all the time. Like, <laughs> it's got, you, it's know, got to, you got to go with it's a war mindset. Exactly. It's like fighting Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go in there and, and just be committed to it. And, it yeah. and I think the, the easiest way I can wrap my mind around it is, is think of like busting a turkey or, or unless you see him fly off, you got to realize we're hunting a bird that's got a pea-sized brain right. to where if you give him 15 minutes and even if you got to make a two or 300-yard loop on him, the odd you can get back on them. That, and, and so that knowing that that possibility is there is what I'm always like, okay, if he's there, there's a chance. There, there's a, and, and on that, 
they've got such big personalities to where every turkey's got his own little bubble, whether it's decoying or whether it's getting close enough to call to, to, to make him trip his trigger, no different than the turkey you ended up killing. We killed him, you know, ultimately with the decoy, but we got in there tight when we had him in gun range the first time and we tripped his trigger calling and he came, he came up in there looking for us right. to where they've got enough personalities to where if you keep that in mind saying each one's different, they're not all the same to where, okay, well this, another 10 yards could, could make it all change. It could all be worth it to where, and I think that's what you got to keep in mind is where you can, that's the difference in deer hunting and turkey hunting in my eyes is turkey hunting, if you've got enough persistence and drive, you may go through 15 of them, but you're going to find one that may run you over and you can make something happen. You just got to have the perseverance and, and drive to do it, you know, and it's just a matter of just sticking with it. So, you know, we, a lot, a lot of new gun owners in the market in the last year, something like 9 million new gun owners. If someone wanted to get into turkey hunting, you know, what are those top two, three things that you would suggest? And, and, and I'll let you guys both talk through it um, because that, that is one thing that I think it, we as the industry and hunters and stuff, we have to start reaching out to those, those young hunters because as people like me start aging up and, and aging out, you know, my, my dad's no longer hunting. I mean, he's at that point where he's like, yep, hung, hanging up my gun, I'm done. I, I just can't get out and hunt anymore. And there's more of those getting out of the industry than that's coming in. How would somebody get a, go about, you know, getting into turkey hunting? And what are some of those things that we can help them do? Yeah, I mean, well, you, you, you want to? Well, no, I mean, on the, on, the, on the gun side of things, you know, obviously that's kind of my world. But, you know, one of the, the differences, I think, between turkey hunting and, and, you know, my background in waterfowl, waterfowl is not an easy thing to get into. Um, you know, you have, there's finances involved, there's duck, there's, there's duck dogs, there's trucks to pull boats, there's decoy spreads, you know, end of the day, you, you, you slap on a good, a good yeah. pair of camouflage <laughs> and you can kind of go turkey hunt. Right. Um, and it's not something that you have to have, you know, five guys to split the financial uh, burden of. So, um, you know, the, you know, the gun world is a little bit different because there's still specialties if you wanted to, you know, some guys don't prefer 20 gauges, some guys prefer pumps on, you know, you know on turkey hunts, but, at, you know, the optics, same way, some guys, you know, shy away from optics, but I think at the end of the day, we've proven, you know, as, as I've got, I did not grow up with optics on turkey guns. I did not either. Yeah, and uh, it gives you a little bit of an edge on things and, and as people get into hunting a little bit more turkey hunting should be one of the easier things to get into now it's not the easiest to do right it's an easy easy avenue to get into hunting well absolutely like i said and obviously we've broken down these hunts and and you know the specs of them and everything but it's like in the day turkey hunting if you had a, if you got a slate call or a box call and can cluck and yelp you can go kill a turkey. I mean, that's you know. I mean, you can, you can go do it between the public land that's out there or somebody you know that's got something that's. Man, I don't turkey hunt. I mean, just ask around, you know, and just just talk to folks to where you know. A lot of deer leases don't. Have oh yeah, I mean, you know, so, so yeah. it's you know, and on top of that, it's like now the digital side of things. You can look up so much and learn so much, you know, or, or you know, because you don't hear about anybody buying a book anymore or any of my turkey hunting, but I mean, <laughs> Lord knows they're out there, but I mean, you know, it's just, but at the same time, it's, it's not, you know, and that's the challenge to all of us, I think, as turkey hunters, is take somebody who's never been. Take, whether they're, they're an adult or a kid, 
just get them outside and take them just to introduce them to the sport because you never know. Again, all, it only takes one time to light that fire. That's to, right. To, to, yep. to, and, that, and that's, and that's another, that's to another leg fire, to the sport. There's one thing to light the fire. It's to hear a bird hammer off early in the morning. Oh, 100%. To a person who's never heard that before can hook a person Oh, yeah. I mean, and you never know. Like I said, you could see a, a muddy road and see a track, and they walk around the corner and see a turkey strutting, even though they bust them. Well, I mean, that, that's just saying, man, he just made that track, and holy cow, I mean, you never know what fire you're going to light with somebody. And, and that's a learning moment, and then they can build yeah. on that. And that's, I think that's why I've become so enamored with turkey hunting, is a lot of it is strategy, but you make this mistake today, you're probably not going to make it tomorrow, and you're going to learn. Right, you got to have like, a, a bag of tricks foundation. and carry it with you and, and pick right. it up along the way, you know. I mean, it's... it's and, and, it, and speaking of tips and tricks, so... 50% way through my Grand Slam for the season. You know, I, I still have the Rio in, in Texas and then uh, the Merriman, Montana. Um, and I'm, I'm getting, getting to go with some incredible um, people that, you know, work with us at Bushnell or that are ambassadors. Completely blessed and very lucky and fortunate to be in my position to do this. But that's why I'm doing this. That's why we're recording this and putting it on video so that I can share that so that people can hear you and talk about or listen to what you know you have to say. So with that being said, you know, two more left. What are some of you know things I need to think about for these last two hunts? You know, what what are some of those things that I need to think about and 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 you know, take those learnings into these next two hunts? Well, I can say I think, you know, most people would agree you got the two toughest ones out of the way. <laughs> you got your 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 Osceola and your Eastern, you know, and Again, you went down to the deep south Florida to get your, get your you know, the swamp turkey. Right. And then, you know, you're down here in Mississippi getting the eastern. So they're the truest forms of eastern Osceola you can get. But, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, first of all, I can, just because I'm from the south, take plenty of cold weather stuff to when you go to Montana for your marriage because you never know what's going to hit out there. <laughs> right. And, you know, and, and the good thing about the uh, – probably the two things I would think between a Rio and a, and a Merriam's is – Mariners are going to yelp a lot, so you can't hardly out yelp them. As far as you, you do more damage out there, I think, by not calling enough sometimes. Mm. And, you know, and because it's not like around here to where it's just you almost got to keep their attention, their attention span short. You got to keep their attention. And the Rios is normally, you know, get the most high pitch box or slate call you got because it's such a, not only is it good for carrying in that flat Texas country, but, you know, that those. Rios are a lot more of a high pitch, you know, type yelp. So, mm, okay. you know, as far as striking turkeys up and, and for what they like to hear. So, um, man, I'm, like I said, I'm, you're, you're not, you'll, you may have it done for April. I don't know when you, but you're, you're, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're off to a heck of a start. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely blessed and lucky and fortunate. And, and, you know, the, the partners that, that have also been working with us, Rite and and Bushnell, obviously, I work for the Red Dot, and then our our sister company in Federal, the TSS Turkey Loads. I mean, I I've been hunting since I was in high school and pattern shotguns and stuff, and this this TSS load is just it's a game changer. It is. It is. It is, it is completely yeah. just incredible. But uh, and you know, Bandit has provided us with with awesome clothing, and and so it's been. It's been awesome and just a great experience, and and I really thank you guys for everything yep. you've done, and and Philip, thanks for coaching me and mentoring oh. me and and helping me on this this. And trip. again, I, again, I apologize if it got a little too 
Oh, um, yeah, no, dude. I yeah, love if, it. if I went over the limit, because no. I have been, I've, I've, uh, things got a little I'm sure there's a few, yeah, there's a few friendships I've lost, you know, that just people like, man, I just, you know, I thought I liked turkey hunting, but not with you. So I just, <laughs> so it was, I, I, you know, I do, I do take it intense and I, you know, it's like Eddie Salter said, you got to pretend like there's one behind every tree if you go, on, right. if you go on, you know, consistently get yeah. them killed, especially in the South. But I mean, again, thank you for hanging in there and th- I mean, for, you know, Y'all both coming down, it's been a heck of a week. Oh, it has. I appreciate I, and, it very much. And you ever want a guest on your Spring Thunder or Hunt Club, I will do it again <laughs> in a heartbeat. You did not hurt my feelings one bit. It was it was so fun. And, and I, I kind of had an expectation like we were talking earlier about, because I've seen a lot of your shows and stuff, but, man, just getting in it and doing it, I, I know I need to drop some COVID weight before I come out again, but and I know going to Montana, I'm like I better start walking or I'm going to be needing an oxygen tank. But no, it's it's been fantastic, and you know Waddy and and Brad and you know Jesse and you, it's it's just been so awesome, and and that's again that's why I want to share this with with everyone out there and and share my experience and. Yes, I know I've got access to the best stuff in the in the world, but man, you can do it for a lot cheaper. And but take all this stuff, you know, as as folks are watching this, and learn something from it because that's that's what our intention is here is try to keep it entertaining and authentic and get people excited about it. Well, and again, I, you know, and I, that's the thing about turkey hunting that is I've I've always is is my rule of thumb is you got to learn as much from what don't work as what does work, you know? And again, it's, yep. it's whatever whatever tip bag that goes in, you gotta keep always carrying with you to, to realize, look, this, you know, that's how, that's how you become better because that's the thing about it is, I don't care who you are, is every time you go out in the woods, if it's for an hour or all day, you got to come back with something to put in the tip bag to, right. to learn from it, you know? And, and again, it's, it's what you're doing is a cool deal in itself in one season killing slam, but to be able to have this like it is and, and have it recorded is, is really cool to be able to have it all on video. And I mean, that's that's a that's a special thing. So, I mean, I'm pulling for you, buddy. Ah, appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you very much. So you did touch on one thing with your partners that are in this hunt with the Grand Slam and, and the financial aspect of it. We talked a little bit. Uh, one thing that we, we, with the setup of your gun and the red dot from Bushnell and then the TSS from Federal, it becomes a pricey game when you're setting up a gun, right? So a lot of times we hear a ton of guys who say they don't like setting up an optic because it's so expensive to go out and shoot, you know, two boxes of shells. Well, one of the things that we've kind of created and the way that I set up the guns for anything that we do is there's nothing wrong with shooting a light target load first at 25 yards to get yourself dialed in. We call it, you know, I was talking with a couple guys, Cody Kelly and those Mm -hmm. guys, um, the five and two rule. You know, five target loads and two TSS can get your gun set up any day of the week. And that's kind of what I live by a little bit. We shoot light loads. Um, You know, everybody's got a target load laying in their truck at some point. Get your gun dialed in with your red dot at 25 yards to where you need it to be. You know, maybe I've come to find about four to six inches low with your target you know, loads. We'll put your TSS right on, and then you can move that from your 25 back to your 40, so you're not spending a hundred dollars on you know tar- or, or TSS loads. To Plus, it's a little a little better on the shoulder. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that's the thing is that 20 gauge. You know, because yeah. I do have access to to federal shells. I think we went out and shot five, ten shells. I had no problem. Whereas when I was patterning my old shotguns and some of that, man, 
I'd come back and my shoulder was black and blue and, and I couldn't hold up Busted my arm. Busted eye for, socket. Yeah. <laughs> but now, you know, that 20 gauge and I'm just like, man, this is just an awesome combination. And, you know, in our Bushnell Red Dot, $250. The Rite shotgun for a semi-automatic, yep. inertia-driven shotgun that's comparable to others, it's about half the price. $1,100 on the shelf is what you're going to find that turkey gun for. I, I mean, but people can get into this with a $250 pump gun. That of course. Oh, yeah. You guys are coming out with pumps. We do. So, yep. so I, I think that's one of the things is, you know, you don't have to have, don't have to have a red dot. You don't have to shoot TSS. You can go and get a Federal's five or six shot and you can get those for $15, $20 a box. And they're, they're good shells, but man, TSS is a game changer. But you can buy five TSS for $30, $40. Yep. Take two to pattern, one or two to shoot yeah. your turkey, and that's all you need for the season. So yeah. it, it's it, it's been a, a great kind of experience to see how all this is. And, and you're right, you know, that's a great tip about the, you know, just regular shots. But um, so to wrap it up, you know, I want to thank you guys for everything. You know, it's it's been an awesome opportunity. And any parting words or anything that you, you guys want to mention while we're here? I'm just... Shoot straight and good luck, and yeah. take some clothes. But it's, <laughs> yeah, take, take some warm again, clothes. man. If, again, you know, you had no quit in you, so you keep that. Yeah, you keep that attitude going. You'll you'll have it done before you know it. So yeah, I mean, no, I you know talking to Waddy last week, you know, he's like Jared. I don't think you realize what you've signed up for with uh, Philip going to Mississippi because <laughs> one, those those birds are harder than heck to 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 shoot and bag one. He goes and you know don't give up, you know. He goes, you may, you may leave Mississippi without getting your Eastern. You're going to have to figure out how you're going to get your Eastern some other way. But you may not get one because they are harder than hell to get down in Mississippi. So They're tough. That was, that he was, was right. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> it tough. Took, it was hard just to find them yeah. once we and, found them. And, and that's the mentality I went through. And, and you know, I'm like, no, we're not going to give up. We're going to hunt until the very last minute, even to Sunday if we have to. And yep. and so, no, it was it was great experience. And, man, it but now I think we may have jinxed ourselves because now the Rio and the Miriam is going to be harder than what we've done. So, <laughs> I hope not. but I hope but not. I hope not. So, yeah. well, we appreciate you, you know, having the trust in us, and and you know, Absolutely. this is a journey. I mean, it's a cool thing, and a lot of people are never going to get to do it. But you know, taking the trust in retail and to be uh, alongside you for the part of this, we appreciate that. Very yeah, much. thank you. It's Heck been yeah, awesome. man, it's been an honor. It truly has. And again, on top of this and the partnership with Bushnell, so I right. mean. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to the future and many more turkey seasons. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks a lot.